Hello and welcome to the Into the North podcast. I am one of your hosts, Noob Zoras, joined by my lovely co-hosts, Spleenface. Hi everyone, how's it going? Sick Robot. Hello, hello. And Null04. What's up, everyone? Um, so on this episode, maybe a bit late to the party, we're going to be uh, doing a nice set review for War of the Spark. And uh, yeah, let's just uh, let's hop right into housekeeping then. Uh, so, unfortunately, the timing of our last episode was a little bit awkward, such that, uh, we released it and recorded just days before a bunch of, uh, important things, namely the, uh, the big CEDH tournament, uh, hosted by the Spike Feeders, or sponsored by the Spike Feeders. Sponsored. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was, it was organized by the, uh, by the mods of the, uh, CEDH subreddit. Uh, yeah, a bunch of, so, I think it was mainly Maynard, Maynard and yeah. Shaper. Did a lot of work on it, um, which like big ups to them. I think it was organized very well. Yeah, much much better yeah. Uh, organization this time yeah. than any of our previous tournaments. I, th- I think that's probably the smoothest tournament I've seen run so far. Yeah. Um, so we also had uh, some cool uh, live coverage. You know, just uh, pat pat <laughs> myself on the back there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, on um, Scotty Knows Gaming's uh, Twitch channel, it was uh, streaming a live of the. Uh, Finals and, and day two. Sorry, Scotty knows MTG. That was Scotty knows gaming was his old uh, old name. So yeah, Scotty Scotty knows MTG on his uh, on his Twitch. Uh, they streamed day two and the finals. Uh, and we had myself, Scotty, and uh, Null Spleen and I's IRL flat, uh, friend uh, Turnip, uh, who was casting. And uh, so that was lots lots of fun. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll have an opportunity to do something like that again in the future. I think those. VODs are still up, too, if you want to go watch them. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Account. Uh, yeah, totally can go finals, back and go you through them. Definitely, I recommend go checking out that finals game, because that was awesome. Yeah, sick. Uh, <laughs> speaking of finals games and sick... Uh, <laughs> our, what a segue. Yeah, the, the podcast's very own sick robot uh, took the uh, the whole tournament. Undefeated, baby. Undefeated, 4-0. 4-0, uh... <laughs> On, on Shuffle Hulk, yeah. uh, the finals pod, I'll just give a, a shout. That was uh, Insert Clever Fairies, Pathograss, and uh, Bobby, yeah. um, who were on Godo. Uh, it was a vile Thrasios. Um, uh, it's a like, mid-range Hulk brew. Uh, yeah. It was it was during the Vigian Graph Mage uh, thing combo. And then uh, Bobby was on PTSD. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, as a really, really excellent game. Uh, lots of tight gameplay to watch. <laughs> Slingface was also in that tournament playing Vanifar. Okay. In fairness, <laughs> I had dental surgery the morning of day one. <laughs> and my wisdom teeth out, so I wasn't uh, in my best form. Yeah, the... Uh... It was. It was. Uh, you still. You still did made day two. So yeah. Um, there and, was and a... on the the, I guess, I guess it wasn't really organized such that there was like semifinals, but um, there was ha- a there was a tiebreaker pod to decide the two slot. people who were two and two who would make it into the uh, make it into the final spot. And, yeah, and... Uh, I didn't quite get there, uh, along with. Pongo Pygmaeus of Team yeah. Turn Three. <laughs> better, Happens. better luck next time. But yeah, so so uh, also the tournament was kind of interesting in uh, in some of the decks that we saw. Um, you know, the tournament meta is is not usually it's not what you're going to see on the rank ladder on the yeah. any of the, like the discords or anything. Uh, people bring everybody yeah. comes out of the woodworks with their own brews. And... Yeah, there was a Lin Civi deck that made day two, so that was 
It's quite spicy. Yeah. There, there, there was a lot of Najila. I was, I was super surprised by the numbers of Najila players, um, just because I didn't figure that that was going to be like a deck that people were going to pick up. But I think we had like four to five Najila players, which is like a huge amount for like a thirty-two odd oh, player yeah. tournament. Um, but yeah, so uh, congratulations to Sick Robot for taking that. And oh yeah, yeah sorry, I was going to say uh, insert clever phrase was on Godo in the final spot. Oh yes. no, we already already covered this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, congratulations to uh, Sick for taking that, and uh, looking forward to the next tournament. Yeah. Um, last bit of housekeeping is we now have a Twitter and Patreon. So uh, you can find us on Twitter at Into the North Podcast uh, or. Sorry, quick correction. Our Twitter account is actually at Into the North Pod because at Into the North Podcast is too long. But uh, yeah, and then you can also find out uh, find us on uh, Patreon, uh, and we'll be linking that in the show notes for this episode. Um, so we've got we've got a couple of rewards that we've got going on there, and uh, this is going to help us fund our hosting fees, uh, upgrading audio equipment, um, maybe hiring an editor eventually. So uh, you know, might so, be able to up content cadence. Oh depending. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, could definitely. Just you know, help out in general. Yeah, we we uh, consider producing more content based off uh, interest shown on the Patreon. So, go ahead and support us there if you'd like. Um, and so let's uh, jump into new developments then. Uh, so I'll, I'll kick things off with uh, Scout's warning uh, for Shimmerzer. Uh, this is a new piece of tech that has been uh, discussed on the uh, on the Zer uh, Discord server, um, and the idea being that. You can replace your Aetherflux Reservoir Wincon um, with a Scout's Warning because you can Scout's Warning in Lab Man at instant speed and then you know clear your deck with a uh, Demonic Consultation or uh, draw it out with Adnaz Angel's Grace and put a draw trigger on the stack. And uh, cutting, be able to cut Aetherflux Reservoir, so it's still certainly being tested around, playing about, so people aren't sure if that's the route they want to go. But being able to, to slim down for a 4CMC card that's kind of do nothing for a 1CMC cantrip not not too bad. Uh, okay, and so we'll uh, kick things off to uh, Sick Robot with uh, the next uh, new development. Yeah, uh, so next one, a deck that's sort of been running the rounds recently and I think has had a bit of interest shown in, in it, uh, Blue Pod. Sort of a new take on, you know, the Yisan pod archetype uh, that's sort of like what you usually see is like the combo package in a lot of non-black decks. Uh, but taken into partners. So it's a um, Bruce Tarl Thrasios deck that basically is just looking to use creature combos with like Yisan, Vanifar, Birthing Pod, that kind of stuff to make up for like the lack of black because you like you have all the green creature tutors instead, which get all your combo pieces anyway. And then you can do all that kind of good stuff, you know, like value engines as well, like Biomance's Familiar, Training Grounds to discount Yisan activations and also like make it easier to use Thrasios. Looks pretty neat. You should probably check it out if that sounds interesting to you. Uh, I know Lurker has worked on it a bit, and forgetting his name, we'll link it uh, <laughs> to his list in the uh, description. Uh, I tested it a bit. I think it's pretty neat. It definitely requires a change of mindset going into it from what I usually play, because it's more like, yeah, I'm just going to jam out my Yisan this turn, and then... <laughs> activated a bunch next turn and yeah. win the game rather than like keeping all my stuff in hand also kind of feels it feels bad to be running bruce tarl and not being able to take advantage of it for like ad nauseum and things like that yeah i mean he's a big old beater so you know that should <laughs> that counts for something uh yeah yeah <laughs> three 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 double striking is is not nothing yeah, it's feeling better than a kiri <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so then our uh, next beast our next uh, new development is the shovel hulk primer 
Written. published. It's finally there. <laughs> long awaited. Uh, yeah. Got it posted finally. It's been a long time in development. Uh, I know, like, I think people were asking for at least a write-up on Definitely Not Rawls before this for a long time. And I think I was, like, gonna get around to it just as the shuffle pile got discovered and then that got thrown out the window. Yeah. And it took a while to get back onto it. But it's out. It's out there. It's... Got, like, all the stuff that you could ever ask for. It's, like, stupidly comprehensive. I did not mean to write it that long, but it ended up getting there. So if you have any interest in Shuffle or, like, Hulk or that kind of stuff in general, I'd suggest go check it out. Four owed the tournament, guys. <laughs> yep. He, he also four owed the tournament without casting Flash. Yes. He didn't see Flash the whole tournament, yeah. so that's... Uh, that's addressed in the primer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it also it also won the rank league for season one. Just saying, best it's... deck in the format. <laughs> There's an argument wow. to be made. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, I am gonna have to do some rehauling of it, some reworking of it for War because War has some cool stuff in it that yeah. means I have to write out. <laughs> I feel a like bunch a lot of decks are gonna are but, gonna have to be reworked a bit. But uh, as as it stands, it's pretty much accurate enough to get the job done and i would check it out um and uh speaking of primers uh spinning face yeah. uh we got a primer for uh metapod and that's sort of the it's a new iteration on uh the blood pod uh sans blue stacks deck uh and it's by infinite imok and lurker and uh sort of what it looks to address is the advent of hulk the increased popularity of hulk decks um made the grindy plan of Blood Pot a little bit less viable. Uh, so they added in a whole bunch of ways to sort of combat that. They added in some more sort of uh, value-type cards. Uh, there's a Goblin Sharpshooter in there, uh, which is pretty spicy. Um, so essentially the whole the whole deck just looks to shift maybe a little bit away from the anti-storm, anti-artifact deck hate that was sort of the mainstay in the past. And a little bit more towards the creature Flash Hulk uh, hate and ways to sort of make it harder for them to play the game, not just win. Uh, and that uh, it also tries to make it a little bit more consistent on the combo, uh, because the longer you go, the more likely it is that the Flash Hulk player finds Flash and Hulk and then you lose. <laughs> yep. So uh, tail yeah, as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> and by I mean I, I mean. What has been a year? Twenty six yeah. yeah. <laughs> It feels like it's been yeah. a long time. <laughs> um, and then uh, finally, we've got uh, a nice article that was posted. So, uh, Nolly, you want to talk about that? Yeah, there was a uh, thought-provoking uh, analysis on Arcane Denial recently posted in the subreddit by username uh, Zeus Awoken, I believe. And he kind of goes over the mathematical uh, interpretation of card advantage in uh, multiplayer games, and as well as comparing it to Legacy and and other 1v1 formats. Yes, it's nice how it ties in kind of to our last, uh, things we were talking about in our last episode. Um, yeah, lots of, sort of a controversial article. I think it brought out a lot of people's kind of opinions that yeah. have been, because I feel like for a while it's been said that Arcane Denial is not really viable in CDH, and I guess there's a lot of kind of subtle subtleness to it, and it gets brought out. Yeah, I, th I think, um, although I think the the math is a bit flawed in that article, I think it 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 does serve actually a pretty 
good role, a pretty, like, new role, which is just showing the other side of the argument for a lot of the stuff. Because, like, yeah. when people enter the forum a lot, they'll, like, they have Arcane Denial on the first list, and they immediately get told that get it out is not a good card. Like, yeah. don't play this card. And it, they never, it never really gets explained past that. Or, like, there's never really an opinion expressed on Arcane not a lot of the time past just, it's a bad card, don't run it. So I think it's good to get that side of the story and then also give space for counter-arguments and, like, actually build a deeper understanding of why people don't run Arcane Denial and, like, why it's a possibility, like, even though it has some benefits, right? Because, like, yeah. Arcane Denial isn't actually, like, a terribly unplayable card. It's just, it's not run for reasons that, like, aren't really necessarily purely power level, like, specifically power yeah. level reasons, right? So... Yeah, you should definitely go uh, read that, and if you guys, uh, any of you guys, can come up with a, a better model for how you want to model card, model card advantage, uh, you know, take a crack at it. I'd be very excited to read, and, uh, it, read if about you, it. If you want to learn more about counter magic and CD, yeah. check out last episode, <laughs> episode five of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, just give it, another, give it another, give it another, give it another re-listen. Uh, <laughs> pump up those YouTube views. Get better the third time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's uh, let's let's hop into our uh, set review for War of the Spark. All right, we got a lot to talk about here. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna start by uh, kind of covering a set of cards that are you know possibly on the fringes or that are, that are gonna be we, we think are gonna be less impactful to the to the core cdh establishment yeah yeah. uh so so we'll go through those a bit quicker and then we're gonna spend some time talking about uh some more specific cards Uh, so i'll 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 kick things off with uh bolus's citadel which is three and three black it's a legendary artifact uh it reads you may look at the top card of your library anytime you may play the top card of your library if you cast a spell this way pay life equal to its converted mana cost rather than pay its mana cost and it has a tap ability for tap, sacrifice 10 non-land permanents, each opponent loses 10 life. Okay, so... <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Is, yeah. <laughs> but is there really? <laughs> like, it's... It, the, the, paying life, the paying life mana cost, obviously reminiscent of, uh, of Ad Nauseam. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The... the, the <laughs> No, ad nauseum does not cheat mana cost by allowing you to pay it life, but it, it sort of reads like an ad nauseum where you just cards. yeah playing yeah. paying life for for cards. Yeah, the ad nauseum decks certainly don't have a hard time with mana cost once it's resolved, right? The whole those decks are meant to yeah. I don't I don't necessarily agree that like I think that the fact that this does cheat on mana cost definitely makes it different. It, it, it yeah, certainly, certainly it, makes it different. Yeah, yeah. It certainly has drawbacks most notably lands yeah, yeah that's that's the thing that i think is just killer for this for this yeah. card well it's it's for like any we've seen this like so much for like any future site like combo ish deck where yeah. like first of all like this is this has like the same kind of restrictive mana cost obviously it's a bit easier to cheat on this mana cost with dark ritual and cabal ritual versus like yeah. blue stuff where you only really have high tide but like again still super restrictive mana cost here and then like you're you're just banking on not hitting a patch of lands, which just, like, once you're getting through a bunch of your library, like, you only have so many... You can only reasonably have so many shuffle effects in play and so many, like, cantrips to burn through those Yeah. before, like, you just, like, burn so much gas to try to get through It's also a, a a, something stuff. you have to cast at sorcery speed. Yeah. Well, well uh, I okay. think a similar uh, kind of drawback that Ad Nauseam has is, like, you can hit a large patch of high CMC cards, but this is nowhere compared... This is a much worse drawback. Yeah, it's hard. You it's hard to. It's a to it's, stop. It's a yeah, hard yeah. to take fifteen yeah. on the first five cards of your Ad yeah. you can still keep going. Yeah, yeah, and then but also with with uh, 
with, with, with Citadel is yeah, you, you're, um, you're, you're forced to stop and it's, you don't have the advantage of, uh, of being at, at, at sorcery speed or uh, being at instant speed. Sorry. Yeah. yeah so well, you can't play yeah. it and then Al- untap. Yeah. Also that, but, um, with the thing with ad nauseum, why ad nauseum works is because you get all the cards at once with both of Citadel, you have to cast them in order. Right. So if you see your payoff card first before any of your mana, like you're like, okay, I'm going to stick this thing and I'm going to try to hit like a bunch of mana rocks into a native flex reservoir and you just flip a flex reservoir immediately off the top or whatever, yeah. right? It's just like, well, I hit like reservoir and then like I don't hit any other cards or like I hit like all of my other cards and then I'm too low to make use of reservoir yeah. effectively. Also, so also like, with add nauseum. Necessarily say hitting reservoir first is a downside, <laughs> downside for Volstead at all. But it's it's just stuff like you, you, you don't necessarily have a say in the order that you're hitting stuff in where like it, there are definitely awkward times where like you hit the wrong piece for combo first and you it's hit just dramatic like, well, reversal yeah. early in yeah. that feels it's yeah. also It's also just much, much uh, easier to to build your deck around a card like Ad Nauseum where you're just minimizing yeah. your average CMC whereas Bolus to Citadel you have to start cutting land and uh, you can only go solo there. Yeah. We don't have uh, MTG Arena Mulligans who <laughs> yeah. wants to run the equivalent of 13 lands. Come faster, that. London Mulligan, I yeah. need you. Uh, so, sorry, just a note before we get off of this. Okay. Um, one uh, cool thing that I've seen, and it, 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 I think it's sort of being, uh, it has sort of been tested, and I think maybe not the best, but still worth mentioning. Um, I know Wedge has been... Uh, not Wedge from Mana Source, but Wedge. On, on <laughs> the CDH Discord. Wedge. CDH Wedge. Yeah. Um, the Burning Pod. Wedge, yeah. yeah. Burning Pod fame, all that good stuff. Um, has been brewing a Circulist, like a Circuit Stormless with this, because oh, what it lets you do is if you yes. have Circuit already, you can clear lands from the top of your library or clear dead cards with Citadel. Okay. So like, you don't That's necessarily clever. have yeah. to worry as much about lands or counter magic being stuck on top, because like you sort of have a way in the command zone to burn through them. Um, and I think he he sort of that like he sort of that said that like he wants to cut Citadel after playing <laughs> stuff, but I do think it's a neat way to abuse like future sight and Citadel yeah. effects is like put them into a deck where like you can actually take advantage of your commander to clear stuff off the top of them. Also, one thing I, I want to say is it's not there are lots of cards that if you hit them before you get stuck, you can essentially guarantee a win. So the obvious one is top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, top future site has been a combo usually involving some sort of cost reducer this just as- top plus this essentially becomes uh yugmoth's bargain which i've heard is a pretty good card <laughs> no, not too okay. bad. um yeah, right. that it also um obviously any tutor if you have the one minute to cast the top but also any top deck tutor uh definitely yep. lets you do some some pretty spicy stuff um i think that you will whiff enough that it's it probably won't be worth it. But like I, I was testing it in uh, Sad Farm, which is the uh, which is the Esper <laughs> the Esper Turbo Ad Nauseum farm deck, and most of the time I landed it, I was able to get there. Um, you know, maybe it's possible you come to the conclusion that you don't want it and Ad Nauseum yeah. in the deck, but you know, it's not. It's not a lost cause. It's, okay. I think it's sort of like is is the whiff rate like high enough, like or rather is the whiff rate rate low enough that you can compare it to Adnaz? And if it's not, then like yeah. there's sort of like an alternate there. We spent way more time yes. on this card than we should have. <laughs> moving on. That looks uh, pretty cool too. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's just talk about the card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So uh, moving on, Spleen Face. Uh, what's our next card? Uh, our next card is Dreadhorde Arcanist. It is a creature zombie wizard. 
It is a 1-3 with Trample for 1 and a red, and it has when Dreadhorde Arkansas attacks, you may exile target instant, or sorry, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to Dreadhorde Arcanist power from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So it lets you buy back an instant or sorcery for free uh, with or with CMC less than or equal to its power, which starts at one, um, but could potentially change. Yeah. So I I don't think I don't think this card is ever going to be like I don't, I don't think you're ever getting this to two power right like yeah I, there's I not too many things that are going to modulate your power level in in or your, the powers of your creatures in uh, CDH so I think you're looking at like how can you abuse this with like one CMC and zero CMC stuff um, cantrips cantrips uh, the 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 place yeah, that I was sort of interested this. in this for uh, and obviously people are like, the diehards for this deck are going to be like, no, this is worthless, why would you ever play this? But I think in Yidris, this would be interesting, because you're already running all the Zeros, suspense stuff, yeah. right? So, like, you already have Ancestral Vision, you already have Wheel of Fate, you already have uh, Lotus Bloom, all that good stuff. And, like, basically... Well, Lotus Bloom wouldn't, wouldn't work as instance Oh, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. But, like, you're so you're running all this, like, low CMC stuff anyway, because you want to capitalize on the Cascade yeah. really well. So, like, it lets you, like, double up on those effects. And, like, you're also just, like, getting cantrips back every time you're swinging with it. Yeah. Another, another thing to note about this that's actually pretty cool, too, is it doesn't actually have to connect. So you can, you, can, you can swing into an untapped Timno with this, and they can they block, but you're just like, okay, I'm going to get my trigger anyway and draw my thing. So you don't necessarily actually have to be able to get it's through. Also, it's also got that magical stat line that blocks <laughs> yeah, Timno. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, I don't think there's there's too much more to be said about this card. Yeah. Uh, so, Sick Robot, what about our next card on the list? I think our next cards? Okay, well, we'll do one, yeah. Um, we'll cover Emergence Zone, I guess, which is land, comes in untapped, tap, add Codalus, one tap, sacrifice Emergence Zone, you may cast spells this turn as though they had flash. So, this is like... I'll just take the floor here, okay? So, this is uh, <laughs> this is probably most relevant for uh, Gitrog decks. Um, so, there's... Right now, uh, I talked about Dredge Chaining in our last episode, was it? Yeah. Um, so, that's that's kind of making the predominant um, win-con amongst, uh, you know, the, the Gitrog... A lot of the Gitrog players are, are, are moving uh, to win-cons that are instant speed and black to take advantage of Dredge Chaining. Um, and then the second win con, like just, just below that would be win conless, which is where you're, uh, looping like your hand attack spells and, uh, you're not really using a payoff card, uh, looping Ulamog and Assassin's Trophy and all that. Now, Emergent Zone is useful for, um, in the, for, for instant speed wins, you can sacrifice it, uh, and you don't need to use something like Savage Summoning to loop Ulamog. Um, and it allows you to loop uh, hand attack uh, at the end step, which is something that's kind of been an issue with the win conless in the past, where uh, you'd be able to destroy everyone's permanence, but you know you can't really af affect their hand, and so you'd be a bit wary on whether or not that was a guaranteed kill. Emergence zone, first of all, cuts back on that deck slot, so you can just cut a uh, a land, and it's pretty much free, uh, even though it's colorless, which is not the best, but rough. Base, basically free, um, and then it allows you to, uh, <laughs> and then it allows you to like loop hand attack and, and all that jazz at instant speed. Um, I think it's sort of comparable to Sunscorched Desert, ish around there. It's it's yeah. just it's it's Sunscorched it, Desert with better utility. Yeah, effectively what I was saying. I I think it's I think Emergence Zone is sort of neat for 
Specifically, high-cost, low-color commanders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other deck that's talking about it is yeah. Godo. Yeah. So, uh, which, Godo. Which is neat. It lets you split it out and split the cost over multiple turns Exactly, more yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, Godo has tested with Winding Canyons in the past. <laughs> that's just a way. But the, the important <laughs> thing is that yeah. it also, um, Emergent Zone is lets you cast spells. So yeah. Winding Canyons is only creatures, and so it would let you split the ca- the, the cost it, uh, of Godo and, and Equipping Helm. But Emergent Zone lets you, if you have like a Magnetic Theft or... Yeah. Uh, or even um, just any of your sorcery speed, like Twin Flame Heat Shimmer, well, you, it allows you to to uh, Emergence Zone in Goto to try to play around opportunities where counter magic is low. You can also, uh, like, so you could use this to flash in Hammer Bazan on an end step as well, which also lets you cheat cost, but... Well, yeah, just flashing like, in any any cost reducers, yeah. Yeah, but like specifically like Hammer Bazan, I think is really cr- cool because you can get it into play without like people knowing... That you can win next turn because, like, you, you can go into the turn without necessarily like having the eight mana up to cast Goto. Like, you can just have six mana up to crack the emergent zone plus one. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's yeah, right? Hammer of Nizan, yeah. uh, Panharmonicon, yeah, like yeah. any any of those any of those effects. Brassquire, only five mana Brassquire. Let's go. Um, yeah, and and I think I think those are the only decks that are. Yeah, I, d- I, I can't really imagine seeing this in anything else. Yeah, I don't think you'd want it in, like, Teferi, no. or you just want no, to yeah, no, no, no. Speaking of Teferi... <laughs> a new up-and-coming mono-blue commander. Com- well, let's really? start with one, right? All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the next one we're talking about is Fibble Fit the Lost, for one and a blue legendary creature, Homunculus. Uh, when Fibble Fit the Lost enters the battlefield, draw a card. If it entered from your library or was cast from your library, draw two cards instead. Uh, when it becomes the target of a spell, shove it and shove shuffle it. <laughs> shove it in. <laughs> Just shove it in. Just shove it in. Into its owner's library yeah. for a one-one. So it doesn't block Timina, but it does not. Um, Downside. It provides <laughs> interesting com- combo potential with cards like Proteus Staff. Yep. Uh, is, it, is there anything else besides no. Proteus Staff? No. It's just no, no, Proteus Staff. Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Just, with just okay. Proteus Staff um, and a reasonably okay mana. Like a reasonable yeah. ma- amount of mana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you split. I mean, I mean, just to, to dump it, to dump it into play, just to for one and a blue to cantrip to yep. split the cost. That's not that's not hard, right? Nope. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely find the the times to to do that. It has like a reasonable or a reasonably comparable deck building restriction to Teferi, which is like creatureless, but you kind of don't have to go full on artifacts. But Teferi kind of has to go yeah. full on artifacts. Well, the the, the downside yeah. is you miss you miss out on one of your tutors that. You can't run because you'd you'd like to run. Uh, is it treasure mage or trophy mage? Trophy mage. Yeah. Trophy yeah. mage. Yeah. 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 You'd, you'd like to run, yeah. So I guess oh, we should rough. probably explain Proteus Staff. Um, yeah. It puts a. Uh, it's just a three three cost artifact yeah. with uh, the ability for two and a blue tap Proteus Staff. You put uh, a creature on the bottom. Yeah, put it on the bottom, the bottom of your library. Yeah. You reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Uh, put it into play, and then you. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Yes. So yeah. if there isn't a creature mm-hmm. in your deck when you put a creature into your deck, you get that creature back and you get to stack your library. Yeah. So flipple flip. Once yeah. you draw two cards immediately yeah. after stacking your library. And so there's there's a great there's a great uh, Reddit post um, about just all the yep, different we, piles yeah, that you we, can. We worked it out in the Fibblethip server for. Oh, there's a, a Fibblethip server. There is. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um. So yeah. So Fibblethip. Uh. So I. I did a lot of the initial brewing okay. on Fibblethip um, in that community. I did a lot of the testing on it. I sort of haven't uh, haven't really touched it recently, but I know the general basics. Uh, the idea is like, yeah, you just get 
Proteostef. Well, yeah, so yeah. you basically Proteostef, do Modern Blue Doomsday to stack 98 cards into whatever order you want. Um, and then use Fiddlethip as the pile cracker for two. So uh, the the one that we the one that a lot of people use right now is you do uh, Gush LED um, to well for to make it free after the activation. So you do yeah. Gush LED, uh, crack LED with Gush, and then you get a mana crypt and a future site, and okay. then you play the future site off of all the mana that you have, and then you basically just go through mana positive rocks yeah. and stuff, and then just assemble either Icecron Reversal off the top. Easy, just go. Icecron, cast a cantrip, like cast a Gibro, yeah. get the thing into hand. Yeah, possibly meta dependent. Or you do. Up to your own meta what's yeah. what's, the, what's the, uh, the win outlet? Uh, just, so, just a Jace? So it's either. Um, I, I haven't really liked the Jace or the Labman. Uh, you can do. You uh, can't do Labman, obviously, because of the yeah, creature. Yeah, yeah, you can't do uh, Labman stuff. But you can do. Um, so I think what a lot of people are looking at right now is just Blue Sun Zenith. Because you can do okay. infinite mana and then you just Blue Sun Zenith people to death. And because Fibblethip acts as your draw outlet if you have. Untaps because you can just Protea staff him yep. with every Icecrawn on tap, put him back in the deck, draw two cards, keep doing that. Okay, yeah. Um, it, you have no issue getting back to the Blue Sun Zenith. Uh, you can also do it with a Paradox Scepter on top, or sorry, Parad Paradox Engine on top because you just draw yeah, your yeah. deck with Future Sight, do all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. We'll see. We'll see if that uh, if that deck puts up any any numbers yeah. if people start uh, playing with that. To to note though, uh, there are a couple differences from Deferred Weaknesses wise in that you can't play Grafter's Cage, which is oh, rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also Fibblethip's ability that triggers when he's targeted by a spell means that you can't actually combo through a removal spell. Because your counter magic doesn't work because he shuffles himself in anyway. So say like you land a yeah. Proteus Staff and activate target Philothip and somebody just targets him Which with like anything a, yeah. in response, uh, you can't really protect against that because your counter magic, you can counter the removal spell, but he's still gonna shuffle himself mm. in. Proteus Staff's target, right? It is. Yeah. 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 It's but the clauses the shuffle clause is only spell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um okay, so our next card on this list is God Eternal Kefnet. Uh, that is, it costs two and two blue. It is a legendary creature zombie god. Uh, it's a four or five with flying, and it reads, you may reveal the first card you draw each turn as you draw it. Whenever you reveal an instant or sorcery card this way, copy that card, and you may cast that copy. That copy costs two generic less to cast. When God Eternal Kefnet dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library third from the top. Okay, so why is God Eternal Kefnet on this list? So, uh, this is another hypothetical potential Teferi replacement uh, in the Mono Blue Commander category. We're all looking for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah there's, there's a lot of Teferi hate going yeah, on. Yeah, I just want a commander that doesn't die to creature beats. <laughs> uh, this so one yeah. doesn't die to creature beats. <laughs> so, yeah, so. Uh, so the okay, so the we'll we'll go over first. The main draw to God Eternal Cabinet is you do have a fairly compact win condition, which is. You have any extra turn spell, and then you have a scroll rack or a repeatable shuffle effect, or rather stack effect. Basically, the mind sculptor yeah, does it. all that good stuff. Yeah. Repeatable brainstorm yeah. uh, does it. Basically, you just you put an extra turn spell on top of your library, and then every turn Kefnet reveals it off the top. You copy it without actually having to spend the card, so you get the extra turn, get it into your hand, and then put it back on top, and just keep doing that. Um, so it's not actually that hard. There's a fair number of blue extra turn spells, and I mean scroll rack is like. Fairly easily tutorable in mono blue. It's an artifact, costs two. It's a good card on its own. Um, I think the main reason why people are looking at this over Deferi, even though it's a two card combo rather than the one card combo, is because Kefnet is actually like 
a value engine that you it's can stick early value and engine, sit yeah. on. It's a great value engine. And it doesn't, engine, it doesn't get beat to death by cruisers. In fact, it does the beating to death because it's a 4-5 four, four, five, five flyer. Five. Four. What? <laughs> Which blocks... It doesn't have to attack to generate value either. So you just get to sit on a 4-5, block Timnus for days, and then just generate value every turn. Dude, rest in peace, Tim. Now that card is never going to see play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just unplayable. In the new Kefnet meta. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, I do think there's arguments for it, though. Like, it definitely has upsides. I think this is the more I just more feel like it's, it's going to whiff. It, it can whiff on value a lot of times. So, so like, you, you, that is the argument. miracles. <laughs> but, like, so you're... you're uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a windfall. Oh, you cast Flash? Opt windfall. Got it. Got it. The, the thing is that it's... You've got you whiff on all your lands, you whiff on all your artifacts, you whiff on counter spells. Off it's just for value. You don't yeah. necessarily whiff oh. off counter spells. You Again, Okay, with... this is true. With instant speed draw, you do get to use counter spells for free on opponent's turns. So okay. if you, so yeah. if so if you go like brainstorm, draw counter spells the first card on somebody else's turn, you can cast that without actually having to use the counter spell. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um anything else to say about uh, God Eternal Kefnet? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so, Spleen Face, our next card. Uh, our next card is Liliana's Triumph. So it's an instant that casts for one and a black, and it says, each opponent sacrifices a creature. If you control a Liliana Planeswalker, each opponent also discards a card. That second clause, not <laughs> super relevant. Not relevant. Uh, yeah. Most people don't want to be playing Liliana Planeswalkers. But uh, this is the first two-mana edict that hits all your opponents and not you. Which is really interesting, in my opinion. I know, I know. Okay, I know this uh, dork thought meta. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> what my interest in this uh, card comes more from the fact that it gives us like a more diverse playset of like removal stuff that we can play. It's so, like where I really like Liliana's Triumph is like. So obviously, my own experience, my decks that I play uh, for like something like Four Color Rashmi it's really appealing to me because it's another removal spell that I get at instant speed to trigger Rashman other or to trigger Vile on other people's turns to get my draws with the curiosity. Okay, and you just it's it's like a if if you're hitting just it's, a bunch of dork decks, yeah. it's like triple stone rain. It's, it's like a <laughs> it's like a pseudo pyroclasm sometimes, yeah. but also for like stuff like it's really good against stuff like Zur against like yeah. commander reliant non green yeah. decks like Zur Kess. So in those metas. I think it's really cool that you can, like, start swapping out Clasms for this effect instead. Yeah, Where, okay. like, when Clasms get less valuable, you instead get to slot in, like, a symmetrical thing that just kills people's commanders outright as long, like, as soon as they stick them. Uh, I think it's also, like, fairly playable against, like, combo-y greed decks. So, like, stuff like, if you look at, like, Gitrog, when they go, like, fast Gitrog off of, like, a Dark Road or something like that, you can just be like, no, get out of here. Uh, and even, yes. Even, yeah, sure. But, like, that's, I think that's... One of the least. You're, sure, you're most yeah, of the time, it's gonna, just, you're gonna have a dork in play to yeah. protect against. I'm just saying, like the fail case of like killing strength. dorks is also not bad. And yeah. Then, like because like when you're casting a Clasm on turn two, you're it's usually still, dorks, still yeah. only getting like one dork a piece for everybody, but that's yeah. still like good enough, right? Whereas with Liliana's Triumph, you can you can be playing dorks and then also cast this and get everybody else's without killing your own. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um. So probably just in. Four color uh, for, I, 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 I look at it in like something like Cast maybe. 
I, I think it could be an oh, like a double voices. Casting yeah. twice is yeah, getting nice appeal. Right where like you get the you get the like the throwaway dork, and then you also get the Timna and like the get wrong. Yeah, because like right? in 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 cast casting double pyroclasm is not that appealing. <laughs> Mass- massacre cast massacre is the best feeling in the world. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe in like one. a task yeah. or control. I, like again, I don't yeah. think I don't think it's like this like huge thing. Like I don't think it's like gonna be like toxic the deluge two point I definitely do think that this has applications in specific number of decks, and I don't think people should be overlooking it when looking at the removal suite. That makes sense. Um, okay, so sick. What is our next card on the list? I believe our next card is Ral Storm Conduit. Know this one? This one's a bit of a meme. All right, um, <laughs> Plains Legendary Planeswalker Ral for two blue and red starts with four loyalty. He has a passive, which is whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, Ral Storm Conduit deals one damage to target opponent or planeswalker. He has a plus two scry one and a minus two. When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So, <laughs> there, is, there is a combo with this card, believe it or not. Mm, of apparently. course there is. <laughs> there's, there's a combo with there's everything. There's lots of it. Dude, is Deadeye Navigator, Palancron, CDH playable. Uh, yeah, it's a card combo. <laughs> so, so, when you... So, Ral says when you cast or copy, which means... When you say copy a chain effect, such as I don't know, chain of smog. <laughs> Classic chain of smog. Okay. So before before everyone's jumping in on this meme of chain of smog, I just wanna say Gitrog players have we've known about this chain of smog this meme for a while, okay? So in Gitrog you can use chain of smog as repeatable discard outlet by repeatedly targeting yourself with chain of smog. It's not the first time this this card so, has been brought up in in the CEDH context. Wow! So certainly it's not good enough. But it's just the a meme, idea but, yeah. the idea here is you have a Ral Storm conduit in play. You cast a chain of smog targeting yourself. You discard your hand and continuously copy chain of smog to target yourself and just use Ral to ping people to death. <laughs> so notably, it gets around pretty much every hate piece ever. Yeah. Just about. <laughs> Not yeah. exactly exciting considering we have one of those. That sort of consult does that already. Been there. But, I mean, if you're on Planeswalkers. <laughs> if you're, I mean, dude. Oh, dude, four mana scry one. <laughs> I mean, four mana down to copy something. I thought it was scry two. Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean,. It has six loyalty when you do that. It's probably sticking around a turn. Oh, you're right. Sorry, four mana scrap one every turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't, yeah, that, okay, is, so isn't that like just... A card? What? I think there's a card. No, that's 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 three mana scry one every no, turn. No, but there's no, no, the no, Sphinx. No, no. The Sphinx of no, 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 the Prop, no, no, no. right? What, what's her name? The Planeswalker. There's a Planeswalker that does this oh, so and deals damage. Sahili's uptake. Yeah, Sahili, mm, the three right. mana Sahili's uptake does it and deals damage. Okay, so um, <laughs> I think that also this card will be put in a lot of uh, the blue-red hard-mode fun storm decks that aren't actually really like top-tier, but people experiment the, with them over and over again. You know, your Mizzix, Melek, Arjun, oh, or Niv me. to lesser degrees. There's that Sahili copy with so the Downtick copy, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. yeah. For the Downtick copy, and it actually enables, like, if you're running copy spells in your deck already, which a lot of those 
decks do, you can set up, if you can double cast a copy spell, you just win the game by repeatedly targeting the first sure, copy of the copy spell. because Rao will deal damage Rao every deal time damage. you copy. So it might go in those decks, but those decks really suffer from not having black in them. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just not finding the Rao. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, I guess we're, we're going to move on to our last of the uh, of these, I don't want to say chaff card, but no? Well, second last. Second, second last, last. okay. Uh, so this one is Teferi Time Reveler. For one white and a blue, legendary Plugins Walker Teferi has a static ability. Each opponent can cast spells only time they can cast a sorcery. Has a plus one until your next turn. You may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. A minus three. Return up to one target artifact, creature, or enchantment to its owner's hand. Draw a card at four loyalty. Uh, yeah. So, so this think... obviously has the Doran problem. Right? Doran? Dozen. No, Dozen. 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 Yeah, yeah. The Dozen problem. There. Doran the Siege. <laughs> there are no problems in the red. Perfect card. They should have stopped when they were ahead. Three mana, five, five. What? <laughs> no, but yeah. The, it, the, the, it, this had like the defense grid. Yeah, Dozen defense problem, grid, Dozen, right? Dozen which is Which is, you cast this, you don't have sufficient counter magic. The Flash Hulk player just goes, cast Flash. Yeah. Now, notably, this does stop people from protecting their own win cons on their turns because it locks it doesn't lock people to their own turns it locks yeah. people to sorcery speed but still it's like as soon as you play this Teferi you are now locked to being the only person at the table that can stop uh, so win that's cons. a big burden that you don't want you want to shoulder in CDH uh, hard to hard to stave off three three players simultaneously now I think the most important aspect of, of this and why it's just probably not going to see any play is because there's a better card that does this and doesn't have those problems and that card is Grand Abolisher yes and it's for protecting your own win cons yes for protecting yeah. your own win cons um, I, I say cheaper it is it is cheaper but it is double white which is sometimes hard to cast yep. but it's just basically this effects and you know all that it's just, and also Grand, Grand Abolisher can't get beat to death by creatures <laughs> Where notably, like Teferi starts pretty high, yeah. Teferi also caric- basically cantrips on on ETB, right? Because of with his minus. If sure. He, he yeah. doesn't draw cards. If you have, have Timna out, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, but he bounces Timna. <laughs> it's just no, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think you can guarantee having the amount of interaction that you would yeah, but what need. But what if you what if you Teferi this? you Teferi for protection and you bounce your own soul ring or mana crypt? <laughs> oh, the value! It makes mana. Get those rituals. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we have one more uh, here. Spleen, if you want to cover this. Sure. Our last card is Mayhem Devil, uh, and it is a. Creature Devil, 3-3 three, three for one black and a red. Whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, Mayhem Devil deals one damage to any target. Um, so the first use case for this is it's an, it's an outlet for uh, Food Chain Crush. That's probably more useful than whichever one they're ru- currently running. That's the worst. Which Are they still on Impact Tremors, or have they... Uh, yeah, whatever. But the point is, like, one mana, or, sorry, three mana, but also creature outlet, right? Yeah, it's like, also yeah, creature outlet. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing that makes this sort of different from a lot of similar creature dies, hurt people effects, is it does say any target. Yep. Um, so, someone cracks a fetch land, you can ping your dork off. Just uh, another nail in the coffin for Teferi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
just, <laughs> very in response, crack five fetches, yeah. kill it. <laughs> no, then you just get them. You get them when they're on the last yeah, counter. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I can definitely see the argument for this. I mean, like, it hates on, like, cult piles sometimes. Like, if, if you're not, like... Actually, I guess it does get through Grand of Ultra, doesn't it? Yeah, you just it just puts the trigger on the yeah. yeah, it's a trigger. Um, and to note, it does say whenever a player sacrifices, so this triggers off of anybody's fetches. Yeah. Um, which is sort of neat. Yeah. Um, I, just, I, food, just just uh, chain gun down, or machine gun down a bunch of dwarves. Yes. I, I can definitely see this in uh, Blood Pot as well, actually. Yeah, I think. And, 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 yeah. in Metapod, like, yeah. it's sort of similar to the Goblin Sharpshooter. And well. you can crack a, like, it, in that in that you're <laughs> yes. running it to kill the, yes, the dwarves. Sure. Um, and you can crack a fetch, ping off the mind sensor, and still find your land. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the death here. Yeah. you. Um, I think it's sort of neat as just like a continual dork pinger, though. Yeah. Would you ever consider putting curiosity effects on it? <laughs> I was, okay, that was, that was <laughs> yes. something that I was actually, yeah. that was the, like, one of the only reasons why I was considering this for Four Color Rash. I mean, like, I'm not ex- exactly enthused by, like, the, oh my god, it hates on combos, like, I'm taking off doors, because we're, we're on, like, whatever, yeah. plasms and whatever, anyway. But the fact that you could put a curiosity on it and crack fetches <laughs> and draw cards, you basically just build your own Gitrog. Yeah. <laughs> also, one other thing I, I did want to say is that you can certainly make life really tricky for Thrasios Timna mirrors, uh, because two twos and one threes have some interesting blocking and attacking dynamics uh, that Mayhem Devil definitely lets you interfere with. So uh, that's like another... You, know, yep. you can politic your way. You can politic your <laughs> yeah. way. Timna attacking with a thra- into a Thrasios, what happens, right? Oh, I get a kill. Yeah. Oh, maybe... Maybe you kill off the Thrasios, maybe you kill off the Timna, like, both of those let you sort of leverage. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let's get into some of the juicier cards of this oh set. Yeah. Um, so, Sick, why don't, you, why don't you kick things off with uh, the first card on the list? Yeah, so this is Ashiok Dream Render. One Sorry, it's, uh, how do you how do you read that? Because like the card art is just <laughs> bleeding over <laughs> onto the... It's <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. It's all over. <laughs> Uh, Legendary Planeswalker Ashiok for one and hybrid uh, blue-black, blue-black uh, has the passive ability spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause their controller to search their library. Uh, base, loyalty 5, minus 1 is target player puts the top 4 cards of the library into their graveyard, then exile each opponent's graveyard. So, this is exactly what we needed. We needed a cheaper stranglehold for blue and black. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a cheaper fixed stranglehold. Yeah, there you yeah. go. It's a fair stranglehold. Yes. Yeah. Because okay. it doesn't make their... It do, allows them to still find lands off fed, off of a path in the ghost so quarter. Like, and Assassin's Trophy. Yeah, Assassin's yeah. Trophy. There's yeah. plenty of examples. Okay. Yeah. Yes. okay, I was going to say, like, path and ghost quarter don't see play, so it's not... Assassin's <laughs> Trophy definitely... Assassin's yeah. Trophy does see play. So they can, yeah. they can... Yeah, they can get it from your Assassin's Trophy. Um, yeah, and, and other opponents. Yes, because it's, it's cards yeah, they it's control. Oh, they're... Con- okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, notably, uh, okay, so obviously, great, like, three mana stranglehold, good card. We already know that Aven Mind Sensor sees a lot of play. Obviously, there's some reason there, like, between, like, Flash, Flash. and being a Timna Duder. Yeah. It's pretty good. But also, just, like, being, like, a hard, uh, stranglehold lock. Yeah. Um, for specifically those colors, maybe you don't have white and you want that effect. Maybe you don't want to pay the full cost for stranglehold. Four matters a lot. Uh, it also has like the incidental grave hate on the downtick, which is pretty. The downtick, okay. The downtick is also relevant in that you can just get people. Yep. Like you're gonna you hit the get rock player, and you're like, oh, yeah. there's Zach Moore. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. 
It does, yeah, because it does, it does mill and exile in the same ability, so you, like it just triggers. Do you not can matter. also, you can also, after someone like casts an imp seal on their turn, you oh, just slam yeah, just Ashok and then down tick mill them. It's and, not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think the so the downside that I think a lot of people aren't going to initially see with this, and there's sort of a limitation on playing Ashok here, is that again you can beat Ashok to death. And yeah, you need in, blockers to defend in a meta them. with like Kess, which is a flying three four, and a lot of timid decks. You're if you can't defend it adequately, you're gonna lose the Ashiok like within the first turn cycle, and you're just gonna have paid three mana for pretty much nothing. Yeah, three mana, three mana for yeah. uh, a fog, Pachuca bog. Yeah. <laughs> five life. Oh baby. Um, but that being said, in decks that can adequately defend an Ashiok, so like basically, if you could just put a Thrasios in the board consistently. Um, or just put an X3 down yeah. and just block Timnus for a bit at least. Um, I think this is going to be really valuable. This is going to see play in, in uh, Four Color Rashmi? 100%. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. yeah. We, we, were, we were already, yeah, Opus Thief as well. We were already looking at like playing, at like testing Stranglehold. Okay. And like this got spoiled and we were just like, well, I guess we're just playing this now. Because yeah, like we're we are the anti-dork deck and then we also just have X3s in the command zone yeah. that we can just block for days with. Um. Does anything else need to be said about Ashok? I don't know. I feel like it's it just a solid right card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, like... Uh, you oh. Can, oh, you can mill yourself yes. in a deck that wants to do that. Yes. Like, because it only exiles potentially stuff. Note also, uh, for Four Color Rashmi and also other stuff that wants to play it, this is also an outlet for uh, Scepter stuff, because you can bounce Scepter, replay Scepter, put a bounce spell on Scepter, oh. and then... If you're doing like double scepter or scepter paradox, yeah, like yeah, copy yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and then you can bounce Ashok, replay it, mill somebody, exile the stuff, so you, yeah. you can get through like shufflers and whatever, and just keep doing that. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um. So, Noel, you want to get the next card on the list? Yes. Ooh, this yeah. card is <laughs> a particularly <laughs> good one. This one. Yeah. When I saw it spoiled. I immediately drew up a proxy because uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get my hands on it right away. Uh, this is Dovin's veto. For white and a blue, instant. This spell can't be countered. Counter target non-creature spell. So for, My god. <laughs> so first, first of all, we don't see the line of text, this spell can't be countered a lot. I think there are like, there are like, probably under 10 cards total that had that line, right? I, I don't think there were Vexing a lot. Vexing Shusher. Vexing Shusher. Yeah. Recent. yeah. It's, it's definitely but like, recent. So, so, there was a cycle of five from Return to Ravnica, right? So sure. that's already... But it's already it's it's already very rare to see if this can't be counter thing, and then you tack that on to a negate. I don't know, man. Yeah, when I'm playing my Tigam deck, all my decks have that. that it's text. only two. They could very easily have made this one. They could very yeah. easily have made this one three man. Yeah, this this one could have been white yeah. blue blue, like a hundred percent, right? Yeah, comparable to counterflux, I guess. Yeah. But way. the um, fact that like we just have. This like uncounterable negate now yeah. <laughs> for, for blue white. Yeah. Have have you ever played Flash Hulk and wanted to know what it felt like to have <laughs> your lab man abrupt decayed in the middle of yeah, combo? Yeah. Well, now you can have the exact same experience <laughs> <laughs> by just having your Flash countered with that's, no that's resource. Really like yeah. a great <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's it the magic equivalent. Yeah. yeah. The. the uh, the the important thing here though is that um, this is much better as a uh, defensive counterspell. D okay. Yeah. yeah. So like by that. defensive, <laughs> so by defensive, I mean you are not being you're not trying to combo off uh, an offensive counterspell is something that that we usually call like for you're 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 casting your flash and your yes. your pact of negation yeah. is yes. a good offensive counterspell. Yeah. But if you're de if you're on the defense, um, it's a much better counterspell from when yeah. you're yeah. on defense. Yes, yes. that's a better way yeah. of yeah. it. 
Um, there is a car that helps you get around Dogen's Veto, which is coming up later. There is. <laughs> Continue. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's right. Taking a look at our cards here, I was like, what? What is this? What? Okay, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah well, we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, it's usually, I think, last on our list. Um, okay, so, yeah, Dogen's Veto, good well, card. yeah, just... <laughs> Goes in just about every deck that can thing. run it. Yeah, except... Except unless you're trying to, to be the uh, aggressor. Yeah. So probably not going to go into uh, Shuffle Hulk. Also yeah. probably not going to go into Sacred Hulk. Yes. That's an easy mistake white to make. Is, it's, getting, it's getting more painful and more painful every day. Yeah. Um, okay, so next card on our list. Speaking of Sacred Hulk. Okay. <laughs> next card on our list is uh, Jace, Wielder of Mysteries. It has a casting cost of one triple blue. <laughs> Uh, it is a legendary planeswalker, Jace. It has the static ability. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. So that is Labman ability. Then it has uh, a plus one. Target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Draw a card. Minus eight. Draw seven cards. Then if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. And it has four loyalty. Uh, yeah, so... You're thinking, what? I already my lab man. My lab man costs two and a blue. Why would I? Why would I make the casting cost more for this? Oh, you sweet summer child! <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time when you got your lab man abrupt again? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that time when your lab man didn't draw a card? Yeah. <laughs> Remember, yeah. Remember that time in, in when you were playing Cass? And uh, you, 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 it was really a one card. You know the the whole meme of the one card, one card combo with the demonic consultation. You cast your demonic consultation. You find your lab man. Then you flash back your demonic consultation. Your library is empty. But wait, you don't have any cantrips in your hand. Ah, uh, yes. Well, Jace Wheel, Jace Wielder of Mysteries is here to solve that problem. Notably, also solves that problem through memories journey. Sometimes, if you have like another cantrip in hand where like you can thought scour yourself oh so, like, yeah true, if true, somebody true. tries to put stuff back <laughs> or, or so, through noxious so, like, yeah, yeah yeah just clears up through noxious arrival oh, which is no. like just hilarious <laughs> like it's just they finally fixed through, lab man yeah, yeah. yeah just, everything that you could ask for i mean except for casting except cost, for the triple but. blue because typically decks that are on like the, the this lab man package are are uh, on consult and tainted packs yes. And tainted a tainted packed mana base casting a Jace wielder of mysteries is rough. Yeah. Then, then again, uh, just as a consideration, um, you can sort of look at it like Jace includes the cantrip in the card. Oh yeah. yeah. So like you can, ba- it's sort of like it's only it's basically yeah. if Labman was one and two blue. Yeah, yeah. Basically, right? Because you would be using the blue a lot of the time anyway as the cantrip. And the extra blues for the Noxious Revival and yeah. <laughs> Protection. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... What's your dispel? The, yeah. the, uh... Something that's just nice about this card as well is that in stalled-out game states, drawing a lab man feels bad. Drawing a Thought Scour every turn is yeah. not terrible. Not like, terrible. If you can if you can defend your Jace, like yeah. Where, like, you can, like, mill yourself. Like, you just Thought Scour yourself and draw a card and, like, keep doing that. And, like, you just generate value through having stuff in the graveyard. Yeah, this is uh, notably this is, this, is great. <laughs> this is also exciting in uh, some specific decks, uh, specifically so for white consultation decks, because Jace isn't a creature. That means that we now have decks that we can actually play humility in and have efficient win cons in, That's which is true, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, because humility, yeah. humility as a win con with Jace is just it's sort of been like a holy grail for a while of a stacks piece, right? Where yeah. like it's. It's so hard to play Humility and actually still be able to win the game after resolving it. Like, in pretty much any deck before this, right? Where, like, 
you pretty much just need a creature or like your commander to do something to win the game. Whereas now you just be like, okay, stick humility, and then I don't care. I just do consult stuff. I think I think one of the sweet deck um, that uh, one of our listeners and someone I we play with, <laughs> we, we play with, uh, or Splinterface and I play with somewhat is uh, shout out shout out to Timmy T one thousand, our our, uh, our listener who's got a uh, sweet hu- humility Aloro deck. <laughs> oh uh, man. <laughs> Turbo, turbo ad nauseum, like mid-range yeah, mid range ad nauseum, and uh, more humility, mid range ad nauseum. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is definitely gonna just slot on that list uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, one one thing I just wanted to say about this card is I don't think it will see play, or or at least it's it's not guaranteed to see play in uh, in like shimmer in tainted shimmers or lists because yeah. of the uh, scouts warning line that people are trying to take advantage of. Yeah. Um, you'd have to like be on like Raph Raph Capuchin to flash in post shimmer triple blue. Is yeah, not necessarily yeah. Ideal. The easiest thing to achieve. <laughs> um, okay, so on to our next card. Oh, our next card is... is Karn, the Great Creator. Legendary Planeswalker Karn casts for four generic mana. Uh, starts with five loyalty. Has activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control cannot be activated. As a static ab- ability, sorry. Uh, it has a plus one of until your next turn up to one target non creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost. Uh, and then it has minus two, you may choose an artifact card. Uh, from outside the game or in exile, or sorry, you own from outside the game or in exile, reveal that card and put it into your hand. So the most important aspect of this is clearly it's plus one, which just pops Moxen, right? It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Mox, 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 Mox Monkey. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> no, but... Uh, um, this is, like, it's just... Auto-include and sissy. Right? It's so, so first of all, there, because, like, you didn't really like having to play Nullrod and Stony Songs because, like, it turns off your Moxen, like your and your lines. your entire combo because you need to you chain Moxen. Right well, now now cards. with with the boat, the, you were always chaining piece. Moxen anyway. No, no, but like as in like before you could combo if you had like enough mana in play, and like you what, you didn't have yeah, to yeah, go yeah. through the the Moxen. Now because of the boat line, yeah, you actually need to have it active. The boat. The boat. Everybody the get, get in the boat. <laughs> get in the boat. Dude, you gotta, you gotta um, get your cat in the boat. But also, just... So, <laughs> so, so first of all, yeah. first of all, replacing those with a one-side effect, and then also making it tutorable with Sisse yeah. is just nuts. <laughs> yeah, this, the only the only sad drawback is that we can't have wishboards in EDH, because <laughs> then you just can't be able to tutor up Karn, slam it, one-sided, uh, so asymmetrical yeah. uh, null rod, and then just minus it and draw a card? <laughs> Could you imagine? Just get there. Minus it and draw. Micus is <laughs> like, yeah. you don't have to have in your deck. Oh my god. Yeah, I think Not I think Karn bad. basically guaranteed that they will never allow we'll wish allow yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just like put the chain also the fact that like he <laughs> he makes progress on clearing rocks while he's down. Too. Oh yeah. So like in the inevitability that he's getting removed because he's gonna get removed for somebody to combo off. You're gonna have like cleared crypts and. Moxes in the meantime. Also, I, also, right? it's down isn't completely irrelevant because it it puts cards from exile yeah. as well. Yeah. So if you're playing Sissy and your Paradox Engine or your your uh, boat gets uh, and so boat is being is the Skyship Weatherlight yeah. for those the old who one. don't know what, yeah, yeah. Uh, sails the seas. Yeah, <laughs> the skies. Uh, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you call it a boat. 
<laughs> the uh, but yeah, so he if if that gets exiled by someone down ticking their Ashiok and just yeah, milling just it, to, it. <laughs> yeah, you get to uh, you get to find Karn and it can just regrow back yeah. into your hand. I, so that's like the obvious application. Do you guys think this is going to see play anywhere else? Um, I think people were talking about it in Godo. I can uh, see that maybe. I, it, the problem being like is getting back Helm too. It, it like, gets yeah. back Helm and then also just the the uh, slowing people down like that. The only problem is that. Uh, defending it in Goto is hard. Yeah, that's you the just one thing. Uptick your like sphere into a block. Or <laughs> is it until until your next? Turn? Oh, until yeah, your yeah. next turn. Okay, yeah. It's, and it, it does. It does make a block. It, it can yeah. do that. Yeah, also, Goto does run like, a fair amount of artifacts. It also three CMC artifacts. Right? It also like, gets up to six loyalty on the first turn that it's down, yeah. which is like so not a negligible amount. Hopefully, yes. Yeah, and like you just like uptick, get your Ogolem's guy, make it a four four, easy. Yeah. Um. So Sisse, Godo, um, maybe some other like stacks of your decks that just Yeah, are... um I could I could see this being like a meta tech in, in like if you like me. Uh no not specifically. I was thinking more like PST for like mirrors. Yeah. Where sure. like you just like you just want the effect to slow the rest of the table down. You can generate the mana anyway. It's colorless. Paradox beats me. That's the surreal, real fear. Okay, so our uh, the next card on our list, uh, sick. Sure. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Okay. Um, all right. So this is Neoform, blue and a green sorcery. As an additional cost to sacrifice this creature, as an additional cost to cast a spell. That's a good one. <laughs> sacrifice a creature. Search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to one plus a sacrifice creatures convert mana cost put that card into the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it and then shelter your library so basically it's a one-time pot activation right yeah you just use it single time all that good stuff uh where am i excited about this card in specifically surprise shuffle hulk no way wow. <laughs> who would have guessed the uh, that wants all the good cards so <laughs> basically I, I never thought that like I was gonna get another good card for shuffle hulk like I figured like, yeah. <laughs> like how could this deck possibly get any better I, I, I thought like we were like like we had like I'm already like skipping out on playing tutors like we have yeah. too many tutors to play in the deck and I'm just what like what a problem to have there's just like, <laughs> I, it's like I don't need more cards there's enough gas in the deck like it would have to be something pretty there was like Another zero or one mana good counter spell like a like better something board. that fixes yeah, yeah, like, yeah a, like, like a, just, a one or one like a blood artist that that costs one seems yeah just yeah. just things that they would never in their yeah. right minds ever print and then this gets printed so wow. basically what neoform does so base case for neoform is you pod Timna into a category director not too bad yeah which is like all right. <laughs> pretty good like you like you're casting Timna anyway like ninety percent of your games because you're a sandbaggy fuck and you just want to use it. <laughs> Um, and then later on you go like for three mana you go okay sack outlet pot activation and you just win for three mana which is like pretty ridiculous the better part about this is that Inside of Hulk lines with Spellseeker, it gets real stupid. So enlighten us, enlighten so, us. So basically, before so there so there was a problem before uh, in Shuffle Hulk, which is that in a lot of cases, unlike a lot of other Hulk decks where you would have Sackhead and stuff, or like like manual or like regular breakfast uh, Hulk, um, having to do Spellseeker piles where you go like one CMC sack outlet plus like two CMC answer like lead in relic order or yeah. build a drake to answer something plus a spell seeker um as a pile meant the spell seeker had to go get reanimate to reanimate the hulk and then continue comboing yeah the problem with that is that reanimate isn't a good card unless like you have Razaketh, which 
yeah. a lot of Hulk decks don't, because, like, with the reanimate, you need Entomb Reanimate and a Sack Elod out, which is just, like, not a thing that you want to do. Now, instead, instead of having to go get the reanimate there, you can go get Neoform, use Neoform, sacrifice the Spellseeker that got the Neoform, and then turn the Spellseeker into an Academy Director or a Body Snatcher, which lets you get something back. And also, that means that we're not wasting slots on that anymore, so we can Hulk double three times. Like, we can multi-Hulk <laughs> three times and just, like, assemble all of the answers and stuff instead for, like, two extra mana during the combo turn. So you can do stuff now, like, if there's a, if there's a curse on one board, you just go, okay, for two extra mana, I'm gonna Flash Hulk, get the answer to that yeah. inside of my Flash Hulk pile, and then pay the two extra mana for Neoform and just combo through it anyway. And you can also do that Does with... this ever make you want to run, like, a Grand Abolisher? Um, it, it was a consideration. I'm not totally sure, just because, like, you have a lot of instant speed stuff anyway, right? And, like, yeah. I guess if you're going at sorcery speed, like, it well, might cause, be valuable. Because people could kind of, like, chain together interaction with, uh, with like, you know, multiple multiple creature removal spells yeah. or bounce spells. Or yeah, so like that, with yeah. Grand Abolisher, it, it ups the number of one-shot interaction that people need to beat you by one. Yeah. Um, which I, I guess if you're in like a very removal heavy meta is definitely a thing. But... Well, it also means they have to burn it immediately. Yeah. On... yeah so they have to have grave hate. So, right? okay. So Otherwise... if you, if you have, so it would require a five mana flash. So it's, it gets up to a lot of mana, yeah. but, uh, for, uh, with Grand Abolisher, it's now a five mana flash and you beat two removal spells. What? What? You, you resolve flash, get Grand Abolisher, so, so, Sack so Outlet, need, and so Neoform. You need mana for Memory's Journey? I guess it's a four mana Why do you spell. need Memory's Journey? Okay, no, so it is a four mana one. So what, the, so what happens is, uh, you need to have, yeah, so you need to have the Neoform plus Flash up, or like the mana for Neoform, and then have uh, the Flash mana up. So you go Flash... If they remove the Hulk right then, then you go for your regular combo and then yeah. have the Memories Journey back up, so they need two more removal spells to get you. Um, if they hold their interaction, you go for Grand Abolisher, and they can't interact anymore. Yeah. Um, so basically it means that they now need three removal spells instead of two removal spells to beat you. And for only four mana, and they will, yeah. one of them has to be Grave Hate specifically. Yes. Yeah. And the removal just gets blank. So it definitely could be an option to go test yeah. out Grand Abolisher now. Um, I don't know. Might be worth it. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the application for Shufflefuck right now because it's disgusting. It also <laughs> no, it lets you do a lot of other stupid piles because it basically just lets you for an extra two mana. It lets you fit in two CMC worth of stuff in yeah. a Hulk pile, which like doesn't sound that good because uh, you're just so paying much. two mana yeah. to put two mana in. But it means that like you don't have to have the card in your hand. Yeah, you just like you turn two mana into any two mana card in your deck. Um, outside of Shufflefuck though couple other neat interactions. Um, so Neoform, because it specifically has a line of text that says put a 1-1 counter on it, you can use this to pod a 1-mana dork into an Incubation Druid, and it okay. turned on Incubation Druid. Sure. So it just taps for 3 immediately, which is pretty neat. Um, I mean, notably, it also does all the other pod stuff, where like you turn 1-mana dorks into 2-mana answers, or like 2-mana big yeah, dorks, yeah. or all that good stuff. Um, turn like 2-mana creatures into other stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, okay, so our next card on this list, uh, Nal, do you want to get this one? I think, uh, Spink will take this one. Okay, yeah. sure. Uh, so our next card is, uh, Niv-Mizzet Reborn, the first character to have four legendary creature cards printed. Uh, it is a legendary creature, Dragon Avatar, 
Uh, it's a 6-6 flyer that casts for a white, a blue, a black, a red, and a green mana. Niv-Mizzet is all five colors now. Uh, and it has... When Niv-Mizzet Reborn enters the battlefield, reveal the top ten cards of your library. For each color pair, choose a card that's exactly those colors from among them. Put the chosen cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, so there's a card that has seen play in a few different decks in CDH. It's called Food Chain. <laughs> so generally what it does is you find some creature that you can cast from exile uh, and then you cast it repeatedly with Food Chain to net infinite mana that you can only use to cast creature spells. Uh, and then you want your commander to be a win condition in some way. Uh, and typically, obviously these decks have used Tazri in the past, uh, where you run the allies and you find an ally that wins by repeatedly uh, casting Tazri over and over again. Uh, so Niv does similar things with several uh, multicolored cards. Um, some of the best ones are Spark Caster, uh, which bounces itself when you play it uh, and deals one damage to uh, an opponent. Uh, there's Sirku, which whenever you cast a blue or black spell, like Niv, you exile the top card of someone's library. Um, so there's a whole bunch of different outlets that this Niv can find, um, and it's a deck very similar to Fuchin Tazri, with the key difference being uh, when you cast it, it's a lot better, because you can draw Abrupt Decay, or... Yovin's Veto, Treasure Fine, <laughs> Treasure Fine, Sterling Grove, Sterling Grove, <laughs> Fire Covenant, yeah, yeah. reasonable yeah. subset Wear of all those at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just any number of them. It beats, beats casting 6-6 six, six with Fly. Yeah. Yeah. It beats casting Tazri for value <laughs> and finding Agra uh, Diabolus. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it also, of note, gets through like Stranglehold, where Tazri doesn't. Yeah. Because you're revealing the top ten instead of like searching a library, so like you don't lose to Stranglehold or Mind Sensor. Yeah, you don't. How is the deck building restriction but... compared to Tazri? Like, um, I mean, so there's multiple. There's two different ways you can build. So Tazri was built with an ad nauseum uh, in the core of the deck. Yeah, Niv exactly. can be built in in two different ways. One is like the ad nauseum kind of slim version of Niv, and the other is your your more value Niv, where you're including cards with higher CMC. Uh, that do have some nice utility. Uh, Spleen, you want to give a couple of those? Yeah, sure. Um, so you can run things like uh, like Wear Tear. Uh, there's also some of the the Split and Fuse type cards uh, where both sides are potentially useful. Um, uh, there's Consigned to Oblivion, which is an Aftermath card uh, where the, the front half is uh, return, it's one of the blue return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, so like a Cyclonic Rift. Um, and then it has a version you can cast from your graveyard that makes them discard two cards. has a very high CMC, so you don't want it with Adnaz, but you can find it off Niv, and sometimes discarding cards gets you there. Um, but, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of spells that are either already run or, you know, maybe don't quite make the cut, but being able to draw them off Niv pushes it over the edge, like uh, Counter Squall would be a, a good example for that. Yeah. Um, Definitely Sterling Grove is an example. Yeah, of Sterling Grove Sterling to Grove. find the food chain or make the food chain be unable to be targeted, both of which can be very useful. Um, and it is a 6-6 six, six with flying that hits people sometimes. Just Ouch. Slaps them. If you, Ouch. Were, <laughs> if you were to do the ad nauseum route, and so you weren't running any of the cute things, if you just decided to swap your three win condition cards that you run in Tazri for the three 
hard wind conditions that you run in Niv-Mizzet because there are some sort of softer ones like Joira or Hydroid Crisis that don't make you win, but, you know, set you up to win. It's still the same percentage, though, with Labman, I believe. Like, all well, of the Forbidden Tutors. No, but if you hit the Labman... If you hit... Nor- like, in... With hard outlets, you can hit two outlets and a Labman and still win, whereas with soft outlets, you can only... If you need... You can hit two outlets or sure. yeah. Yeah, a soft outlet. and yeah. So if you just swapped for the cheapest three hard outlets, um, you would increase the total CMC of the deck by four, which, which hurts the ad nauseum a little bit. But it's not like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The odds that you're... Fl- Tazri had two, two, and five as the CMC. This would go to four, four, and five. I think Maybe you're yeah. consistently flipping one of the fours, so it's two extra life off your ad nauseum a decent amount of the time. Um, so that's not super critical, but if you decided that you didn't love the ad nauseum package, maybe, you know, there's a lot of sort of storm hate in the meta. Um, you can take out a lot of the cards that aren't great outside of ad nauseum, like your, your rituals, and sort of play a little bit slower and uh, try and build the deck that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so a good summary. Yeah. That's a long discussion for yeah. a card that's basically just a swap in, There's swap out with Tazri. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I think I it's think important that, to yeah, say there, there are some distinctions there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nal, do you want to cover uh, next card? Yeah. So the next one up is uh, Narset. Part of Veils is a no- another Narset for one blue blue. Has a static ability. Each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. And a minus two ability, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them and put it into your hand with the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order for uh, five loyalty. I think this card is going to be gonna make a huge impact. I think this card's nuts. Really? I think it's good. I don't think it's, like, amazing. It's not, it's yeah. not like Notion... It's not like a second Notion thief or anything like that. I mean, because that's, that's what you're sort of thinking of it as, right? Like, uh, it combos with wheels and, and whatnot. Just to yeah. mind twist your opponents and then draw seven. Doesn't have flash like Notion Thief does, so you can't, like, get people there. Um, still allows them to draw one, right? So you, so, so they do get their, their standard draw for turn, but you're also not, like, stealing it or anything. It's just kind of disappearing. It's an edric effect, right? It's a Leovold effect. It's a Leovold. 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 Sorry, it's sort of Leovold. It's a Leovold. Yeah. It's a, the, the other Tamer, Thrustian. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a Leovold effect. Um, but this, you know, if you think, like, uh, Opus Thief type decks only really have two of these effects. Now they have three. That's a huge, that's yeah. a huge boost. Well, it's just like Opus Thief, like with uh, uh, what's it with with Smothering Tide, like Opus Thief, I think got to around the density that is sort of required for like the wheel thing to like. You've had work. Alms Collector this just whole time, okay? I just like you need some yeah. density of like wheel amplifiers plus wheels to actually make it work and i think smothering tide has sort of just like pushed it over the edge a bit yeah. but with this like this is definitely like an auto addition to like any real storm type of decks and i think it's like a really nice addition for them too as long yeah and you know just like all these other planeswalkers as long as you can keep it alive um it, so does, it, have it, value, it, it does have yeah. that draw uh, that drawback um you know, has limited amount of activations because it has no plus ability. But yeah, the fact the fact but that the it can is downtick. Yeah, downtick to find you yeah, a non-creature. Yeah, it's a great downtick. It's one you want to use. Yeah, you're gonna get you get mm-hmm. two downticks from it, and it still stays in play after that. Like so, if you can protect yeah. it from any damage, that's kind of sweet. Ever since they printed uh, Search for Escanta, I feel like we've seen the Search for Escanta <laughs> downtick <laughs> yeah. like all over <laughs> the place. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the Search for Escanta activation on a whole bunch of different cards. 
Yeah, I think top Narset's, four. Non-green also, Narset just like uh, against Timna stuff in general. Yeah, like you just like if if you can defend like obviously if you can defend a Narset, you're probably not getting hit by Timnas in the first place. But also, yeah, like, somebody it's, else it's, might be. Yeah, it stops the Timid players from, from just, just trading taking on the fairy player. Or just, like, trading beasts with each other just yeah, to draw yeah. a card, right? Like, yeah. it's just like, no, you don't get to draw cards anymore. Which is pretty nice. I think it's, like, one of the niches that uh, Opus Thief is, like, really good at exploiting. And I think people should probably try to pick that up more against Timid decks, in my opinion. Yeah. Where, yeah, like, you're, you just have a lot of natural hate in the deck for Timnas. So. Um, and our final card, or sorry, well. no, not our final card. We've got we've got one card. Yeah, our second final yeah. card is uh, Narset Reversal, uh, which is uh, two blue for an instant that reads: copy target instant or sorcery spell, then return it to its owner's hand. You may choose new targets for the copy. This is really cool. This is so okay. So like it's it's like we know that like remand has generally not been a great card yeah. in a lot of. Uh, CDHX, I mean, like, since Aether Flux Reservoir got printed, it's not really seen play in anything. Like, he used to be able to do, like, tendrils, remain tendrils, to actually kill people in Storm decks. Does does uh, the Kess Storm deck, does this does run remand for the uh, bonus round shenanigans? No. You run unsubstantiated. Okay, yes. true, true. But this cards, is just kind of so much better <laughs> than unsubstantiated or whatever, right? So, yeah. like, so Narcissus Reversal, you get, you still get the original copy. Because yeah. it copies it and then returns it to your hand. So, you can, like, this is really cool for both, like, offensive and defensive purposes. No matter which way you want to use those terms. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, like, you can do it, you can use it for stuff like copying somebody's tutor and, like, setting them back, like, two mana, three yeah. mana, something just like that. like a right? tempo play. Yeah, just like, okay, yeah, like, stop you from using your tutor this turn, steal your tutor, uh, go do whatever with that or yeah. whatever stuff like that. Uh, you can copy power cards. So uh, this is like better than a counter spell on an Adnaz a lot of the time. Because yep. like they're tapping a lot of mana for an Adnaz. You just go, okay, steal for two mana, well, get my Adnaz. It's, and it's, then it's I hard to say that it's for now. sure a better ad. Yes, but like it, it's all, it's just like it, it has a lot of benefits yes, over yes. traditional counter spell when targeting uh, like power cards a lot of the time, right? Um, now the, like the obvious downside is that it needs to. You're going to struggle to hit. To you, you. It's not. It's not a counter spell. No, it, no, it's not. Yeah. A, it's not a hard counter spell. They're still going to have the card. Yes. For later, right? So, like, you can't. It's. It's sort of like a, a delay with a lot shorter of a clock on yeah, it, right? Yeah. Something like that, where like you can't. You. You. You don't play this card and expect the thing to never become a problem again. You use this as again like a tempo play. But a really strong tempo play because you're gaining something proportional to how, like, strong the thing that you countered was as well. Um, so I think it's really cool for a lot of those purposes. It's also uh, like just as good as a counter spell and a counter war um, a lot of the time, just because like either. The one the one drawback as well though is there is a there's a scariness where um, you can effectively turn your three v one counter war into a two v one v one counter war. Particular ad nauseum is the most critical card for this. If you Narset's reversal an ad nauseum, I now have to make a very like. There's a very real decision here about whether I'm fighting with you or against you, right? Like, yeah. if you know, am I going to pass to the player who casts the ad nauseum, thinking they have a counter spell, and if they don't, then you get an ad nauseum, 
Or do I just now try and counter the Ad Nauseam again, and now we've burned another counter spell? Well, in that case, what you can do is that person that has to choose can just counter the original Ad because they can just physically right, the Narsets Remerfal. Right, but then we both spent right? a counter spell on sure. it. Sure. Right. Yeah. I go to counter sure, the original yeah, yeah, yeah. Ad Nauseam and then... Like yeah. the, you so know, you you can get you can end up getting into a counter war over storm. over oh, the no. Narset's reversal, right? Yes. Is the thing, right? So like you can have an initial counter war, and then the Narset's reversal can spark another branch of that, which could be a problem. Yeah, where yeah. you have people who are who both don't want the original ad nauseum to resolve fighting over the copy dad. Yes. Um another cool thing about this though, it all it can also replace Noxious Rival for Twister Loop decks, uh, just because you can yeah. use the Narset's reversal to, you know, bounce twister, do whatever with it. Um Make sure that you never actually have to like put the twister in the grave. Yep. Um, uh, or just like stuff like that in general. I don't. It, it doesn't replace the multi shuffle part of it, but it replaces like the regrowth part of the yep. of the combo, um, which is pretty neat. I I think I would place this right below like the auto include echelon of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd place it like right like above, definitely above negate. In my list of stuff that I'm willing to play a lot of the time, above negate. Above yeah. negate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I, th- I think it only, only hits instants and sources. Yeah, but I think like the benefit that you're getting out of it is like comparable to a mana drain. Like it's not a permanent thing, but like you're oh, you're getting so... like a copy of the card instead of the mana. Like okay, I I definitely don't think it's better than like counterspell, mana drain, force of will, like pact, uh, mental misstep. Wait, you said like, you, you wouldn't make it an auto include. What deck doesn't run negate? Shovel? Yeah, shovel. Seriously? Yeah. It's, it's I, too, I don't run any yeah. two-seam seam interaction. Okay. So, I, like, but any, you consider running this over Negate, even though it's double void? Yes. Well, if you're playing Negate, you're playing, like, Counterspell and Mana Drain already, right? Like, yeah. I'm assuming. Like, I'm assuming you could support a double blue. But, I mean, I would, I would, if I'm, if I'm looking yeah, to, to there, flush out my Counter Suite, I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't think that's such reverse. Doesn't, doesn't Cat sometimes not run at least Counterspell, but run Negate? Because they don't want to support the double blue, but the gate's good enough. I guess. I, I thought, th- I, I thought I th- there were decks like that, or or maybe it's maybe. Like I, don't know. Yeah, I think I think okay. So I think a lot of a lot of other community members as well have been like really hyped about Narset's reversal, and I think it's pretty. I think it's war. Excuse me. I think it's warranted, but I, I don't think it's an auto include in like everything. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I agree like that, my yeah. thing. Like I, I think there are, like there are definite uses for it, and it's really good in a lot of situations, but like. So the big thing for me is you have to be okay holding up mana proactively for like a counter spell during a turn cycle, right? Yeah. Like to defend yourself. Because like Narset's reversal isn't good when you're when like you're not just like proactively holding up mana for uh, turn cycles, like and you want to be doing that as part of your game plan. Um because like if you're just like being like a shovelfuck player and just like aggressively going for it and like tapping out every turn or whatever. Yeah. Like you're not, you're never going to use the narcissist like reversal. I'll just. This turn. is the only case I need to make to 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 show negate is better than narcissist reversal. <laughs> you go to cast your flash. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, my narcissist reversal doesn't seem very good. You go to uh, food chain knaves goes to cast their food chain. Oh wait, narcissist reversal doesn't seem very good. Like but, we but, went in the world of where in the world of hypotheticals where <laughs> everyone is only casting ad nauseum. Yeah. <laughs> narcissist <laughs> reversal gets really good. Yeah. yeah narcissist reversal. See if you're great. on sacred hulk and you're yeah. playing against the hulk. <laughs> <laughs> you just go Narset's reversal but I mean in the world where go. everyone's only casting Ad Nauseam Arcane Denial also seems <laughs> pretty good so um, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I think this card is like you yeah. said. It's probably it's seeing it's getting a lot of hype. I personally think it's maybe a bit too much hype, but it's certainly not a bad card, and yeah, certainly no. something that that people need to look at. Yeah. Also, it definitely goes in. It definitely goes in decks that are already running bonus round. Because then it well yeah 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 yeah. It's also like it's an outlet that's also almost as good as like a counterspell. Because no, I don't know if we mentioned this, but yeah, Narcissus reversal with uh, copy effects does work. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, uh, our next card. uh, So two more cards. Uh, So I don't have this card in front of me. Do not. So what? Let's get uh, Spleen. Why don't you read this one? Oh, okay. Uh, We're gonna we're gonna start with a blast zone. So it is a land. It enters the battlefield with a charge counter on it. It taps for a colorless. Uh, it has XX tap, put X charge counters on Blast Zone, and three tap, sacrifice it, uh, destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Blast Zone. So it's the engineered explosives effect on a land. Yes. Which is actually... So, to note, again, uh, this is the one that, I think the the big thing that separates both of them, uh, that isn't immediately apparent, is that you can't, yeah, you can't blast zone for zero. Yeah. Because it comes in with a counter on it. So, yeah, I think in a lot of other formats it's a big deal, because it can't clear, like, tokens, tokens like, whatever, yeah. all that good stuff, um, that you would usually, like, have uh, engineered explosives for. In CDH, that's not as big of a deal. We don't yeah, really you, have a lot of tokens. The, the, the only things you really care about are the the the, the three Moxen and uh, Mana Crypt. Yeah. But I don't think I would spend this to blow up Moxen, no. even if I had the option. Yeah. Like, it's right, like you're spending, zero, you're spending the amount of time I would sacrifice it for zero would be you very know, low. A land that can just clear other people's dorks, though. <laughs> that's, no, that's a good one. <laughs> not bad. Yeah, and then also that can uptick to clear things that you have uh, problems with. So if you're in Gitrog, and uh, so so this is so it it's being discussed in Gitrog as just a utility land, and Gitrog a lot of a lot of the times in the past it was a, a deck with a lot more utility lands, and we've slowly been swapping those out for more and more just better colors uh, to, to have better access to colors. But uh, this is something that might actually be worth the uh, the trouble there because. The, it's just so versatile and so free in a sense that you've just got such easy access to lands via like crop rotation or, or Sylvan Tutor or uh, sorry, Sylvan Scrying if you're running it um, that, you know, turning on those tutors as the ability to remove a rest in peace Especially seems really good. get this back continuously as well and get rock very easily yeah. like with Loam or like whatever else you're doing with it where like you can just continue getting this back and like it cracks itself too so you gotta go off and oh, get yeah. rock with it. Um, and then also get whatever benefit you need. Uh, and yeah, this is a it classic. Also, we were talking about this with Emergence Zone, where we're talking about it for Gitrog and Godo. Godo is also another deck that <laughs> really wants Blast Zone uh, because it's got it these. Can clear uh, enchantments. It can clear. It can clear <laughs> Stony Silence. Yeah, and that deck is already running uh, Expedition Map because they just want access to yeah. uh, to some of their lands. So uh, yeah, Blast Zone pretty can, good there as well. I can see it in. Um... My, people are going to yell at me for this. I'm going to get hate from both Frozen and Shaper for mentioning this, but I think it could it could do work in mono green decks. Um, you look at it for, like, uh, blowing it up for 2CMC in uh, Yisan. Yeah, uh, people were saying, like, oh, you know, I don't really like this in Yisan because, you know, you're, you're just rather verse. There and are, like, and like the also, thing is that yeah. you can... It's, I like it for the same reason I like uh, Scavenger Grounds. Well, Scavenger Grounds isn't so great right now because of uh, Gitrog being able to shuffle and, and Shuffle Hulk also... Yeah. You just have to be able to play around that, but um, although notably this does also um, like you can still 
use it through abolisher. Uh, abolisher, through abolisher. Yeah, yeah, clear an abolisher. Um, but yeah, so the um, so so in Yisen, you're just holding up your verse mana anyway, and this holding this up and and you know two green lands or whatever to uh, either verse with Yisen or put a charge counter on Blast Zone, it's basically free. Yeah, like obvi- obviously you're losing some amount of like green mana from it, and, and, but and like forest forest yeah, benefit yeah. with your untappers. Yeah, yeah, but, but like. Like, at some point, I would rather just, like, have access to a Blast Zone if needed. Like, obviously, you might be clearing some of your own stuff as well, but, like, just, like, clearing a Curse Totem from a land is, like, pretty good in that deck, I think. Clearing yeah. a Linvala. I mean, yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> eventually just, like, getting to Linvala mana. Like, you make a lot of mana in Yusan anyway, and, like, maybe not through Linvala. And but, because like, it's just so exact, too, right? You tick up to kill, to clear a Linvala and your Yesan stays in play. Yeah. Yo, that's... And you can even make your team or Sabertooth indestructible. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> it's so yeah, perfect. I, I, I don't think... Like, it, this doesn't do a ton of work, but it's a neat little addition to a bunch of, like, low-color decks that might need the effect. Would you run this in... in uh, would you run this into fairy? I don't think I'd run it into fairy. No, no. I think it's so tight on mana already. Like I don't even think it really cares for that type of effect, honestly. No, not to no. clear dorks or anything like that. No, I, I think if you're not keeping up mana to counter your, you know, your anti stacks pieces, then uh, you're yeah, already losing. Fair enough. Yeah, makes sense. I will play it in Moldrotha though. That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Get there. Um. Okay. Oh, sorry. Just oh, yeah, one sure, more. Yeah, one more thing. It does also make hog piles awkward sometimes, right? Like yeah. you just have it in play. Um, it's that would also be a use for it in Yusan, where like maybe like yes, you might be clearing your own dorks, but also it's just like yeah, okay, crack it, clear your sackella and your nomads, like yeah, yeah. make you force you to use the interaction, and somebody else can come in with a removal spell, or just like for like sacred, you're just like okay, well in response to your sacred guide activation, like clear whatever else you have, yeah. This this is it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting yeah. to see the decks that where this is, if it if it ends up being something that Gitrog wants in the end. Yep. Or, or, or only testing. Will it really warrants testing. I, yeah. yeah. Um. And so our final card. Uh, I think this is the card I'm most excited for in this whole set. Actually. <laughs> well, <yeah>. typical <laughs> typical Gitrog player. Yeah. Um. Uh, Null, do you want to do you want to read this one? Yeah. Sure. So um, this is finale of devastation. X green green sorcery. Uh, search your library and or graveyard for a creature card with convert mana cost X or less and put it onto the battlefield. Uh, if you search your library this way, shuffle it. If X is 10 or more, creatures you control get plus X plus X and gain haste until end of turn. So, wow. it's a green sun zenith, but it can get any color and can get from grave. <laughs> and also just has this random mode that we do the game. So <laughs> yeah, just so a right? Okay, so if you you stall at the board, you can get wrong. You've got nothing but mana. You just cast Finale of Devastation for X is 10, find cause select. <laughs> Have fun. Just, Hooray. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, so just obvious uh, uh, so many decks are like Yisan is on uh, Green Suns and uh, yeah. Court of Calling, you know. Ooh, this is gonna oh, for Silvala, yeah. Just yeah, Silvala. Uh, it, it, it's an outlet for Silvala, so like you don't need like beats within loops anymore. You just yeah. like cast it for infinite and swing. That's one of the things too. Like get rog, it's like this is just a good you can just <laughs> yeah. win with beats the turn the turn you uh cast this as an outlet card after you go uh you make infinite mana. But in Git Rog, this this so for for three mana you get to find a discard outlet, putrid imp. Um but then also it gives you access to uh to Bob, which yeah. is something Green Sons can't do. Um Grim so Flare. 
or Grim, Grim Flayer you could find with Green Suns, but also oh, sure, I don't but, think yeah. Grim Flayer is, is that popular anymore. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but uh, just also the fact that it, it regrows from the graveyard yeah. is just randomly relevant. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you just like mill over a couple it of times. Oh, hey, it didn't need that, that line of text, for. but you know, it just has it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was... Uh, it just gets you stuff back. It's only just... you can also search your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think your exile. I think Blood Pod is going to be interesting in this as well. Any, um, so many decks that just run utility creatures. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I, I want this in Sissé for sure. Like, There's a lot of stuff that's like already running Cord. And yeah. like, this is just like... It's an equivalent to Cord that like sometimes is just going to be like way more consistent for mana cost, right? Yeah. It's really um, neat. Just, uh, just an all-around solid uh, card. We're, we're currently testing it in four-color Rashmi, just as a, like, because we weren't running green suns either, but this can go get, like, Tandem look some up. stuff. Tandem Lookout, you <laughs> But it can, get, it can get some stuff. Like, it, it gets Death Red Shaman as, like, the base case, which is, like, fine, but it also is, like, an actual Wincon outlet, okay. um, just because we've been sort of looking for, like, a secondary uh, outlet aside from, like, having to do, like, middle shenanigans yeah. and stuff like that, just, like, a hard outlet. And it can also just, like, get a Seedborn Muse when you have enough mana. Like, it's sort of just, like, it can sort of, it sort of looks like a worse green sun zenith, but it can also just, like, rebuy, like, a Seedborn from the grave. It can do, like, a bunch of other neat stuff. Yeah. Solid card. Okay. I think that, uh... That about covers it. Yeah, wraps, that, wraps up our... A whole uh, lot of cards. <laughs> this is this has been a really sweet set. I, you know, I'd oh say this set is... A while. Yeah. yeah. Is like on par or better than Kaladesh block. Like it is just the amount of stuff in here is nuts. And like this is just for CDH man. Yeah. You start looking you start looking at at uh for like mid power and stuff like just so many more cards and uh and even even like standard, I've been playing a lot of arena and like <laughs> there are the so decks many this... new decks that can lose to mono red. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm just gonna just just quick out there. Bolus uh, Bolus Citadel uh, Explore Storm, <laughs> great fun standard deck. Play that on arena right now. Lots of fun. That's um, a rip from Explore Frenzy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, Karn Mike's Simplotum does work in modern. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah. move on uh, like from here. Yeah, cool. So now we're done with that. It's time for everyone's favorite. Gut check, gut check. <laughs> check your gut. <laughs> Just, yeah. So uh, so this week uh, we're gonna have uh, Null uh, do the gut check question. Uh, yeah. What, what do we got? What do we got on, on the deck? So I have a question for you guys: matte or glossy sleeves? And then I feel like after that, just go out, like go with your current sleeve setup. Matt. Matt. Matt yeah. Yeah. Matt. Okay. Yeah. Easy, easy. Okay, but yeah. but follow up, matte or glossy, um, like the clear part of the sleeve. Glossy clear part. Yeah, you want the glossy clear um, part for your foils, matte, but matte always. I'm I I go with matte. I go with matte because of the um, the eclipse feel. sleeves. Yeah, shuffle and the shuffle feel. feel is so good. Okay. Yeah, I feel like the shuffle feel is a bit better, but okay. I you know I have the occasional foil. Eclipse Eclipse sleeves really dull out the foils, that's for sure. Although, yeah, Ultra Pro, you guys should uh should definitely get in contact with us and we'll shill your eclipse sleeves even harder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If that's your uh, dragon shield again. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's not rule out any we'll <laughs> all shill katanas. We we love we love we shill the most for the people who pay us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so moving on, moving on. Um, 
it's on, on, on to listener questions. So uh, we've got a listener question from Meepomatic, uh, which is, how do you consider your card choices when tweaking decks for an open meta? Do you run the standard lists, or do you just ballpark the attendance's archetypes and tweak from there? Uh, good question. I actually have a fair amount. I'd say I have a fair amount of experience with this just because tournament metas and uh, just playing like a lot of random rank stuff with yeah. people that just bring random stuff uh, in. A lot of the time I tend to, uh, for blind metas, my general approach to it is not so much to... It, it sort of is to specifically target like what I think I'm going to see, but also... A lot of the time, I will think about what is it that I lose to the hardest yeah. that like I could see, and then just make sure that for each of those scenarios, I have the ability or a likely scenario to get out of. Right. So like, if I'm playing a Hulk deck, I'm gonna be like, okay. Even in a blind meta, I'm gonna be like, okay, well, there might be a rip, there might be a Grafter's Cage, there might be like ley lines, stuff like that. Do you put in I more need, interaction? I need to have I need to have options to get out of those scenarios, right? Like you just want to make sure that like you have the ability to play out of a wide range of like board states and scenarios. Yeah, and for game, for, right? for me and Gitrog right now, I've got um Grafter's Cage in my main list just because Hulk is so fast and having that kind of cheap uh piece that just, just makes them Slow them, slow, can slow them down enough just to uh, to give you some time, and then also uh, it just hits a bunch of other things as well. Um, but I've got a, a, a sort of a sideboard of cards that come in and out depending on the meta. So that's like uh, Pernicious Deed, uh, Toxic Deluge, um, uh, more. So I think I'd consider Natural State something that's uh, yeah. in that sideboard slot as well, depending on whether or not you're seeing lots of like PST or, or Rest in Peace, Curse Totem, things like that. Um, and then uh, finally, you know, sometimes like extirpate uh, if you're really scared of like Hulk or get rug mirrors. Um, the one other thing, my general approach when I'm when I'm adding or cutting eight pieces for a meta is I don't uh, I'm I'm generally wary about swapping eight pieces. Like, oh, I'll take out whatever it is, null rod for graph digger's yeah. cage or whatever. I'd much rather find sort of a non-essential card to cut or decide that running a specific silver bullet hate piece isn't worth it and put in a generically good card so like, you know you cut you cut your worst dork for an extra hate piece or or your worst cantrip or something like that rather than yeah. swapping hate pieces because changing changing one hate piece for another because you guess that that's going to be more prevalent is is a very dicey dicey game in my mind yeah yeah. Um, I think there's there's something to be said too, though. For um, at least I this is probably just a personal opinion, but I I personally don't believe there's anything that exists like in the real world as a truly blind meta. Mm. I think there's always some amount of inferring that you can do from the information that you have about like a meta that you're gonna see. So a lot of the time, like I like I'll. Going into, like, a tournament setting, right? You can be like, well, I'm probably going to see more stacks because a lot of people that enter tournaments are maybe not super, uh, you know, embedded in the community at large. Yeah. And they just bring some of their stuff to whatever tournament they're playing, some of their brews. And a lot of those brews tend to end up with, like, stacksy elements, right? So, like, if I'm playing against a lot of unknowns, like, especially in, like, an online tournament setting, 
and just be like, okay, well, I probably am going to have to account for a uh, higher density of stacks than I might normally see. Whereas, like, if I'm seeing stuff like, I'm going to some random LGS to yeah. go uh, play, like, it might be on the other side of, like, well, maybe I'm not seeing as many, like, real CDH decks, or maybe, like, people aren't playing, like, real interaction in those decks, and I have to be prepared for games to not go grindy even, maybe. Yeah, like maybe and, people and, are and then, like, your like, cards, like, Grafter's Cage could just become, like, yeah. dead. Particularly yeah. with paper metas, though. Yeah. Um, paper metas are often dictated by what people can afford, so yeah. you'll see a lot of Teferis, Yisans, Selvalas, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, decks that, that can be built much more completely on a budget. Just, yeah, just even knowing the medium that you're that you're preparing a deck to be played on uh, can really give you a lot of information on what card choices you can expect. Like stuff like uh, in like one v one formats. Like uh, if you're playing in real life, you generally know that you're going to have to account for like death and taxes, right? In like modern or legacy, where uh, online that might nece- that might not necessarily be the same. Yeah, and, and uh, consideration. And uh, like six said, like there's, there's really no there's it's it's hard to say that there's no such or it. Hard to say that there's such thing as a blind meta, yeah. right? So, for example, if you're preparing for uh, the next uh, online CDH tournament that uh, the the Discord or the Discord slash uh, subreddit hosts, you can look back at the decks that have been brought to previous tournaments and be like, "Oh wow, people are bringing like Lin Civi, lots of Najila, blah blah blah," and and you can really kind of pick your stacks pieces to to target these or to not go too all in hating on just Hulk when it's only you know a couple decks in yeah. meta. Always a bunch of frog players. Always, always frog players. You can always count on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's also um, you can also look at just the people that you can expect yep. in the tournament, right? Like always, just like <laughs> one of my first things for scouting for tournaments or games or whatever is you can always usually find a group of people that are probably going to be entering, and you might generally know their decks, so that can give you an idea of like the basis of what a meta might be formed around. So, Which is why I always play off-meta janky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think that brings this episode to a close. Uh, remember to join us on our Discord, uh, and that's linked in the show notes. Uh, you can check out, you can email us at intothenorthpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at intothenorthpodcast. Um, you can follow us and uh, become a patron uh, on patreon.com and we're going to be linking that in the show notes as well um you know feel free to, feel free to to support us help uh cover some of the uh costs and like hosting fees and whatnot and uh if we get enough uh if we hit certain benchmarks uh we'll be uh upping our content um yeah check out the cdh subreddit and discords that's play dh and just uh the cdh standard discord where they play cockatrice our next episode will be in a month, and uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, to sharing to sharing with you guys. See you guys then. Have a good one. See ya. See you.